0: Memorial Day, Jamsters, and welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate you taking the time and tuning in on this beautiful Memorial Day weekend. My name is John, and I'm the co-host of the Suns Jam Session, and I'm joined by Matthew. How are you doing, sir? How was your week? Oh, it's going great, John. How was your week, man? It was uh, one of the more interesting ones I've had in quite some time. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, New job, it, huh? Yeah, in an effort to, one, just kind of get out of the house, and two, you know, make a little money seeing as uh, I'm still furloughed from work and I don't qualify for unemployment. I got a job working for Drizzly. And what Drizzly is, it's an app in which you can order booze and have it brought to your house. It's kind of like Grubhub for the alcoholics. Yeah. So I've been doing that all week. It's been taking me to all corners of the greater Phoenix area. And man, I could do a whole podcast just on the stories Mm -hmm. I've seen. You know? oh yeah yeah i mean when you get a call to go to like east mesa at eleven thirty at night at a motel it is quite the interesting scene
1: oh my god like, i'm dropping this shit off and getting the yeah. hell out of here Dude, do you have a camera on you or anything no oh no <laughs> we, what, what? <laughs> i was like i want to i want
0: to watch videos of you delivering to those places I'm going to start live streaming, so you could just watch it. Yeah, you
1: should. (laughs) But I've been to,
0: like, Paradise Valley. You know, there's mansions in there and out in Fountain Hills. Yeah. You know, then to kind of the the armpit of Arizona, which is, like, Far East Mesa. Sorry for our Far East Mesa listeners. Oh, yeah. Anything off of, like, university just heading towards the superstitions is fucking terrifying at 1130 at
1: night. Yeah. No, I would never be.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't go down there. I'm a wuss, so I couldn't handle it. I have to. Yeah. (laughs) so but that's it's been an interesting week and i'm super excited to be sitting here and doing the pod with you now i've been looking forward to this all week yeah the other thing is i've been listening to a lot of sports talk radio and podcasts because that's all there is to do when you're driving around for eight hours a day so i'm definitely uh in tune with what's going on in the world and hopefully i can share some of that knowledge on this here podcast sound good
1: yeah let's do that huh
0: all right so before we get into everything first and foremost i just want to remind our listeners to rate and review and subscribe to the bright side of the sun podcast network you can follow the pod on twitter and instagram at suns jam you can follow me on twitter at darth voida mm. you can follow matthew on twitter at matthew lissy and just don't follow me on drizzly man like just leave me alone i'm gonna if you order the booze i'll show up on time i'll give you a smile mm. i'll use your name name recognition is huge you gotta do whatever you can for a few extra tips <laughs> if i see yeah. your name is matthew i'll be like hey matthew how are you doing today? yeah Here's your booze. I'm like, oh, hey, thanks, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Leave it at the door. Get away from me. I appreciate your service. And speaking of service, you know, it is Memorial Day weekend, and I'm going to crack open this beer, but I want to remind everyone why Memorial Day is what it is. It's not a a holiday built around hot dogs and cracking cold beers open. It's an opportunity to sit back and remember the people who have fought and died for our freedoms and liberties. So real quick, we'll do a moment of silence. And I'm going to crack this baby open. Let's talk about week 10 of the Suns in Quarantine. So it's now week 10 of the Suns in quarantine, week 10 without basketball. Can you believe it's gone by this fast, or does it feel like longer, to
1: you, Matthew? I can't believe it's gone by this fast, and plus, there's just still no information. There's nothing where they're actually pointing to where they're going to play. I know they keep talking about certain places, but just get it done. Let's just, let's have something writing. I know, like, I keep seeing... Um, either they're going to play in uh, Disney world or Vegas. It's like, you're not playing in Vegas. So stop saying that. Yeah. Just say Disney world and just get it done. Um, but it is crazy. It went, it's gone by quick, but there just still hasn't been anything significant. I don't think.
0: Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I feel like it's actually been longer than 10 weeks. I mean, I just feel like it's perpetual every day you wake up and you're like, it's like groundhog's day. You're like, yeah. what day of it? What day is it? You know, am I Phil Connors? is Ned Ryerson going to, sh- you know, walk yeah. up to me again today? And they'd be like, <laughs> hey, hey, Ned, hey, Ned. hey Phil. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, I just, I don't know. And it's been like yeah. that for, it's you know, 10 weeks. And you're correct. There's no definitive answer. There's a ton of things out there that give us an idea. Like Spencer Dinwiddie, for example, tweeted out something. I think it was yesterday where he was talking about July 15th being the start date. And then other... Uh, publications picked it up and like oh Spencer Dinwiddie spilled the beans you know this is the answer it's like I've been hearing the same shit for two months now Uh, it's the same stuff it is and you just you don't know what's going to happen the nice thing that's happening and a step forward is the fact that the Suns are allowing their players to have workouts at the madhouse on McDowell so we are seeing some progression people are allowed to kind of come out of their caves a little bit, you know, in a controlled environment, a couple at a time, go to the madhouse and do some workouts with their personal trainers and just start to try to get back into NBA shape.
1: Yeah, but plus, I think there's a lot more that we're not seeing behind the scenes. Just because, like, if you saw, like, Tom Brady practicing with his teammates in Tampa Bay already, you know that stuff's already happening. I think the players have actually been playing – I know everyone says stay home and all that, but I'm not, I'm a believer in thinking that they're actually still training together in a way. I still think it's happening. It's just like, now we can use Madhouse or on McDowell to show that we're there training just to show some progress. Mm-hmm. But I think these players have still been training. Um, but it's great to see the court though on, even though I hate the court and it's ugly, it's just, it's nice to see it laid in that arena. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty crazy. Uh, I would just, I hope we get the chance to see them play there. I, I don't care if those seats are too small and I can't fit in them. I, I'll be excited just to try to sit down and watch them play there.
0: Shit, I'll stand in the aisles if I have to, man. I mean, yeah. that would be so cool to see. And it's interesting seeing that court because Javon Carter posted some pictures on Instagram, I think. Was it Instagram?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, of
0: the court. A couple
1: videos, yeah.
0: Yeah, in you know the old Veterans Memorial Coliseum. So you have the brand-new-looking court that we're used to seeing over at Talking Stick in this arena that's old as dirt. And I mean I, what like when's the last time you were inside that arena
1: do you remember Last time was I saw the Foo Fighters play there actually oh, it cool. was it was when the uh what is that big festival that that goes on every the year Arizona
0: Air, The Arizona Fair Arizona State, State Fair. Fair Oh my yeah. gosh yeah so that I big saw festival. Them,
1: I, <laughs> I saw them play there uh that's the only time of Oh and I saw the uh, the Roadrunners play there once a long time ago when I was little so yeah, the Roadrunners I forgot about yeah. them. Yeah, the last time
0: I was in that stadium was probably about three or four years ago, and I saw Cake play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were going the distance. But again, when you're sitting in there and you take a look around the arena, you're like, how did a professional basketball association uh, team play in here for as long as they did? Like, this is – it's an old, dilapidated – that's yeah, the right no, that's yeah.
1: a that's a correct word right and, there. And that's
0: what it is inside. And so it's it's just interesting seeing what Javon posted because it's the juxtaposition of like old and new because it's like the new court looking nice with the Suns' new logo. And then just like this, you know, there's like ceiling tiles missing from the top, which yeah. it feels like if you shoot a,
1: a full court shot in there, like I feel like you're going to hit that ceiling. Oh, I know. Right now you would. The way yeah. they shoot the ball now, it's going to hit the ceiling. Uh, that would be great, though, just to see them play there because – I, like, we're watching the Tom Chambers, the 60-point game versus the Sonics. Uh, you can just hear the crowd so clearly. I don't know if yeah. it was just because it was back then, but I feel like it would be great to hear that place sold out, just how loud it can get because it's just so compact.
0: Well, and that's what a lot of NBA stadiums have lost in the past 20 years is that sound that you're talking about. And it's because of all the suites. You know, and it makes sense for an NBA organization to go, listen – We're going to build a new stadium, and we're going to add a ton of suites because suites cost more money, and they're going to generate more revenue for us in the long run. So, if I've got 50 suites and I'm selling them for 10 grand a game versus other seats that would normally be there, you know, where you're getting 25 bucks a ticket and you can only fit in the same amount of space 25 people, the math is clearly in favor of seat of suites. But what has been lost in that is that crowd noise, is that intensity, because you hear about guys who used to either play back in the 70s and the 80s, you know, an old Chicago Stadium, the old Boston Garden, the Great Western Forum, all these iconic basketball arenas. And the Madhouse on McDowell, I mean, how do you think it got the name Madhouse? Because it's probably loud as fuck in there, man. Yeah. So I really hope that we do have an opportunity to see the Suns play in there in some capacity because it would be so much fun to see that in mm-hmm. a real, like, regular season game not a preseason exhibition like they've done a couple times in recent memory where it's not really packed and it's not the same intensity like you bring us out of quarantine with the Suns playing three games there it's gonna go bonkers in there man
1: it, it's gonna bring back life to the Suns I think because just think I was actually talking about this last night where I think it would be cool to just finish the re- the renovations at the arena next year just get it done Mm-hmm. during the season next year and just play the season in mat- at the madhouse of McDowell. I don't know why. I just think it would be fun because they're not going to sell out next year. I, you know, every game, I feel like they have a chance to sell out it at the madhouse. And plus it'll be just a great experience for the fans. And I think when the new, the new arena is renovated, then we go in the next following year and then we can like, cause I don't, I don't want to go to a game next year instead of the top deck and just, I just don't want to be there until it's all complete. I I think they're going to have the new seats and stuff done by next year, but I just want to be there, just go there when it's actually all completely finished. Does that make sense? Like, I think that it would be nice just to have a whole season at the Madhouse McDowell. Maybe it wouldn't be because, honestly, I haven't been to a game there in a while, so maybe I'll be like, oh, you know what? Actually, I would rather be at the other place. (laughs) So
0: Well, the one disadvantage of uh, Veterans Memorial Coliseum is, like, the hallways. Like, if you're walking to your seat, like, they're tiny – you know, I don't even know what they. I don't even recall what they have in the bathrooms. I don't know if it's like old-fashioned piss troughs. You know. Oh uh, yeah, never <laughs> mind. Know? So I mean, there are those sides of the game which you're not going to probably appreciate as much as you would at Talking Stick, and that's obviously, true. Obviously, Talking Stick's going to have the nice video board, and there's a lot of things to look forward to. But I think I, I don't really know what the seating capacity, uh, juxtaposition is. But again, I just I still think that'd it be really really cool from a from for, even for the Phoenix Suns. To have an environment where you feel like the fans are almost on top of you and they're loud and they're rowdy, like, that's going to motivate them versus Talking Stick Resort Arena when the Pacers come to town and it's half full and 25% of the fans are Indiana Pacer fans. You know I mean? It's, yeah. I just feel like it's going to be different. And, again, we don't know, especially with social distancing and how they're going to reopen arenas and, and the access that fans are going to even have to these games. Uh, but, again, it'd be really cool. Quick question. When was the Madhouse on McDowell built? Or when was it opened?
1: 1969?
0: Close. It was 65. Oh, okay. Opened in 65.
1: Crazy. Damn. That's an old Different world back then, man. Yeah, man. nothing around back then. I'm surprised the Suns
0: played in that place. I mean, 30-something years, about 32, 33 years they played in there.
1: That's, like, closer to, like, Billy the Kid, like, times to now, (laughs) right? Yeah. I mean, well... (laughs)
0: Depends on when you think Billy the Kid died.
1: Yeah, and if he yeah. existed. Well, he yeah. definitely existed. He existed, yeah. Well, are you... Oh, oh, go, so ahead. go ahead. I was going to ask you, are you like a sweet guy? Like, do you like to sit in the suites or do you just like to be out in the crowd? Because I like to be out in the crowd. Suites are cool, but like if it's like a playoff game, like I've been in a playoff game in a suite, it's just a little different because you're not like, you're not connected to everybody. So, I don't know. I was just going to ask you that really it, quick.
0: It depends. Uh... You know, the, the nice thing about the suites is typically they come with unlimited beer. And you know me, I'll put away some beer. So yeah. I'll, I'll enjoy yeah. that. But I'm also yeah. the guy who, when I'm in a suite, you know how there's typically two rows of seats in the front and then the seat the suite behind it? Yeah. I'm always sitting down watching the game. Oh, yeah, me too. Suites are, for the most part, designed for people who just want to kind of like mingle. And they're the game's going on, but they're in there shooting the shit. And yeah. I'm always engaged with the game. That's what talking I'm there business. for. Yeah. yeah. And they're in the back talking business. I'm up there, you know yelling at people i've actually had a friend who i went to a suite game with uh it was at the dimebacks though and he's literally sitting in the suite watching the game on tv
1: yeah
0: and i'm like what the fuck dude you could do that at home like <laughs> yeah. turn your head to the right and watch the game Just like i don't it. i don't get it but I'd, I'd prefer to be out in the lower level i mean that's where yeah, it's at for it. me
1: oh yeah for sure
0: so we also you know again super excited for the fact that the sun's potentially could be playing at the Madhouse and McDowell if the season is to uh, resume, but again, we don't know a when it's going to resume and b where it's going to resume. And it continually sounds like Orlando's the clear front runner to host the 2020 NBA postseason. And the further we get away from uh, you know the shutdown, and the closer we get towards opening everything back up, it sounds like it's just going to be postseason, which is. I get it, and it makes sense, but it's unfortunate because I want to see those Suns play again. And it's going to cost the Suns a lot of money and players a lot of money. You know, so if they can go back and play five games, I mean, think about this. Devin Booker makes about $323,000 a game, right? Mm-hmm. So if he goes back and plays five games, he makes $1.6 million, okay? Now, if they're not playing that with those games with fans, obviously it's a 50-50 revenue share with, uh, with the team and the owners, so you take his salary and you deduct that by fifty percent, and you go, okay, listen, if he comes and he plays five games, he's going to make probably about eight hundred thousand, almost nine hundred thousand dollars just to play five games. Don't you think he wants to do that, or do you think the Suns would rather go, you know, even if they get five games, like, listen, we're resting Booker. We don't want to, you know, gamble our future.
1: No, I don't. I don't think there's a chance they rest anybody. I think that um all the players want to play i I don't think there's a question about that is that the players don't want to play i think they all want to play so it's just up for it's up to the owners just to sit down and agree on something you know and i even mentioned it the other day where i was just like well i'm going back to work now i'm at work and we're at full capacity there next week so Mm -hmm. it's like what's the difference between me going to work and dealing with that and then them just going back to playing basketball it's you know it's the same kind of contact right i'm bumping uglies with people and up and down those cubicle aisles and stuff. But are, you,
0: are you boxing out people at the printer?
1: Yeah. That, no, yeah. That's, that's what I'm known for, dude. So, uh, yeah, I think they're ready. For, I don't think they'll rest. And like you said, like five games would be great just to watch them play. And I think we, we understand what we lost in the season. I think even if, they don't, even if it doesn't mean anything, it would, just, it would still mean something to Suns fans just to finish out the season with the five games, five or six games would be great to watch. And the main reason it's five games that everybody's kind of talking about is because for the most
0: part, that's how many games are left for teams who need to hit 70 games. And 70 is kind of the key number when it comes to hitting bonuses Uh, full capacity salaries, things of that nature. So that's why a lot of people are saying, hey, if they can just get five games in. And then you look at a lot of the NBA playoff teams, for the most part, the seating is set, especially if there's only five games left. So it's kind of a warm-up for them. It gives them an opportunity to kind of get their legs underneath them before they head into the playoffs themselves. What are your thoughts on it actually happening in just Orlando
1: Oh, it's going to happen. That's I think that's 100%. That's what's going to happen is they're going to play in Orlando. It's got uh, to, right? It yeah, cuz they keep um I even mentioned this in the beginning. I keep saying that I've mentioned this before and all that. But um <laughs> do they
0: You mentioned before that you said you mentioned, mentioned it before. I mentioned that I mentioned, yeah. But if
1: you're <laughs> going to keep like mentioning like Vegas and other places like that, just stop. Like just yeah. get it done in Orlando. It's the best, safest place to do it. Um I I think it'd be I don't care if they play in the open gym. I think even if it's for the championship and stuff, I think it would be interesting to watch. I know it might not mean as much to uh to like the media members thinking it might not count as a real championship, but it's still going to be entertaining as hell whatever they do. And I think they just I think it's going to be done soon and even if it starts in July, like mid-July, Mm-hmm. And they they can play like – I feel like they could still play 10 games and then play the playoffs and then start the next season in December. Like they I feel like they've always really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I think they're on schedule for that to happen. Even though it seems like it's taking forever, I think they're still on schedule for that.
0: Well, Orlando's the obvious choice, right? I yeah. mean, you have Disney World where they have their own campus environment. They've got plenty of courts there. They've got plenty of facilities. They've got everything they need, is, and it's in its own little world. I mean, Disney World is a city within a city down there in Orlando, if you've never been. And it completely caters to exactly what the Suns and the NBA need in order to you know, kind of jumpstart this thing again, to get the ball rolling, to get it towards the playoffs. Uh, I really think that it's a great opportunity. I think they just need to kind of pull the trigger and say, hey, this is what we're doing. You know, again, I, it's May 23rd is when we're recording this. And if we're yeah. talking about July 15th being the, uh, the date in which they actually plan on starting, if Spencer Dinwiddie's tweet is correct, then, yeah, they've got plenty of time to actually announce that official date. I mean, that's a month and a half out. And they're ironing out details on safety protocols, much akin to the MLB. You know, I think the big difference between NBA and MLB is the NBA, the players want to play, and MLB, they don't. yeah. You know, but again, I think sport is so important right now. And it's one thing that kind of frustrates me with MLB is, you know, you have the players who are just like, listen, we signed a contract in March that said, we'll play the rest of the season on a pro rated salary. That is to say, if we play 70% of the games, we'll get paid 70% of our total uh, salaries. But that didn't account for the fact that, uh, Fans were in attendance, and if there's no fans in attendance, obviously that cuts the revenues, and it doesn't make any sense to play players their full percent of their salary if they're not getting the full percent of the revenues. That was actually in the contract that they signed in March, and now they're kind of trying to backtrack on it. So uh, Tony Clark, who actually is a former Diamondback and the uh, the leader of the MLBPA, he's probably going to his head will roll on that. Uh, but that's the difference there. So you have the MLB players who are sitting there like, no, no, we want to get ours. Meanwhile you have a society that's saying, hey, if you can, stay at home. Do you know how amazing it would be if sports was on right now for people staying at home? Yeah. you know how much money and ratings they would make through television if if MLB was on? They're like, you know what? We're starting games at 9 a.m. wherever we're playing them. Yeah. And there's just baseball just all day long. And NBA is going to be the one who's going to capitalize on that because they always typically lead the way. So they're working out a plan. I guarantee you, once they go live in Orlando on July 15th, they'll start games at 9 a.m., you know their time, which potentially could be six AM our time, and you'll just have NBA games on all day. And guess what? If you're quarantined, and you got to stay at home. You can sit and watch NBA at home all day. And that's what I love about the NBA is they want to get this thing going. The players want to get it going. The key players want to get it going. That's one thing we talked about on last week's podcast is how you know they had the phone call and they wanted to ha- make it happen. And I'm just, I'm yeah. again, I just, I really hope that they. Pick a time and a date and let us know soon because I want to start counting down to watching some
1: basketball again, baby. But it, it's crazy. And it's also really sad how baseball is really not capitalizing. They have an opportunity oh, the biggest to opportunity really, they've ever to had to gain so much more support yes. and so much like a bigger fan base. And they're just not doing it. No. Um, even if it was spring training, they started soon. Like we would be watching spring training mm-hmm. games. And it's just, they're not pulling the trigger and you're right I didn't even realize like basketball is kind of seriously come up with something quicker than baseball because I don't even know what baseball is just such a mystery to me the players everything is a big mystery to me like it's just I don't know I can go into like you know just you just I don't understand the players or I don't know the owners it's just they just have such a
0: long history of hating each other yes having problems and strikes and and right now at a time in which baseball popularity is plummeting i mean they're doing anything they can to try to you know quicken the game up (laughs) just so people will
1: watch it here we go this is where this is where this is how the nba is going to test stuff so why can't baseball the nba is going to test some things you know they are it's just it's it's maddening because i still love baseball and it's like I don't want baseball to ever disappear. It's like you, you feel like it, out of any sport, it might eventually, maybe not even be around, or no one's gonna give a shit about it later on. But it's just—I don't know. They—they they need to like take advantage. If they're not.
0: And yeah, they're you know swinging a miss on taking advantage of it. Yes. So let's uh, switch topics here real quick. Uh, you know what's interesting is you have voluntary workouts are occurring for the Suns at the Madhouse, as we mentioned, and the two players that I've heard that are going are Javon Carter and Frank Kaminsky. And Frank Kaminsky, I think he was on with, God, it might've been uh Bickley Murata the other day. Okay. Uh, but it was just really interesting hearing him talk and you know how much he actually wants to be here and how much he loves it here and he loves the culture here. And I think, it, I think a big part of it actually is Frank loves living in Phoenix. You know, a lot of people love living in Phoenix. And, you know, one thing that he said was, I want to be here for as long as I can. It's a really good situation for me. I like the staff. I like the organization. Now, yeah. Frank didn't say he loved it. But after hearing that interview, a couple things came to mind for me. One, Frank Minsky was so vital to this team. And we used to give him shit. You know, I mean, he'd take some threes and yeah, were we ill-advised. a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had some, he had a, a, some rough games in there. But he really, you know, he's a funny dude. He's got some, uh, some good vibes about him. He's a great come-off-the-bench guy, which is exactly what we talk about. We need to fortify our depth. Our depth. Yeah. If, once he got injured, the depth really went to shit, especially behind DeAndre Ayton with Baines, you know, kind of being dinked up. And, you know, I, just, I wish there was somehow we could keep him because the second thing I was thinking is, especially with the new salary cap that's going to hit next year and it's going to be reduced, he's mm. probably going to be the first casualty because he's a restricted free agent next year. Uh, currently if we were going to give him a qualifying offer, you know, it would be $5 million. There's no way the the Suns are going to pay that when their cap space is going to be shrunk by at least
1: 20% due to this whole COVID thing. You know, what are your thoughts on big Frank? It's interesting to hear him say that, um, I was thinking about Kelly Oubre when he came back and he had the interview where he's just like, I love being here and all that. And like, I'm the number three for Phoenix suns, you know, and he's like, I, I want to be here for as long as I, I can, because I, I love being here. And I've, before Kelly, it was like, who else said that? I don't remember anybody ever saying like they love being here. And yeah. now you have Frank saying, I like being here, which is good. But I just don't remember interviews like this before this. Well, uh, it's, so, it's
0: been a long time. And that's it been has. The, the trouble with the Suns for the past decade. Is it's the, it's I, the culture.
1: Yeah. They like yeah, it so here. you finally get to hear this stuff. And it's, it's awesome. Uh, you're right though. It's, it sucks. Cause I feel like when we, when we, when he got hurt and he wasn't able to obviously play and um, help the sons out, we really truly did miss him, And mm-hmm. we didn't realize till he was gone. Um, it does suck. Cause I, this whole salary cap thing is really going to screw. I feel like the sons team over. And I think he, like you said, is going to be one of the first ones to go, unfortunately, but I like, I dude, I like Frank. I think he's great to come off the bench because he knows his role. Mm-hmm. I know you said some ill-advised threes, but I just it's okay I think, though. Yeah, it is okay because I think he knows his role and that's perfect. It's like kind of how we want Sarge to be the guy coming off the bench, but mm-hmm. like Frank already knows what he's there for, and that's what I hope. That's why I hope we can keep him for that reason because it's good to have those kind of guys. So. But it sucks because he'll probably end up leaving.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, if he really does like it here, like he says, and we provide him with a qualifying offer, I don't know if it'll be pro-rated or what have you, and somebody else offers him more money, we'll find out how much he likes Phoenix then. Yeah. Because if he goes, you know what? I want to stay in Phoenix. I like what they're doing there. I like the culture that they're developing there. Then that's a win, man. I mean, because he's exactly what we need coming off the bench. He's a big, tall, seven-foot, seven-foot-one guy who can shoot the three ball. He's a stretch five, essentially. And he's somebody who brings just good vibes and positive energy onto the court and with the, his teammates as well. Yes, I think so too. So we'll see again, I think between him and Javon Carter, those are a couple guys who are working out of the facility and two guys that I really like. And I really hope that we keep around next season.
1: Me too, man.
0: So the other big story that kind of broke this week, uh, not really sons related, <laughs> but is sons related, was former GCU head coach Dan Marley is suing the school after being fired back in March. How yeah. interesting is that? Is
1: it because of his boob job or what? Is that why they're firing him? <laughs> no. Is that what GCU that told you that he got a boob yeah. job? See, that's yeah. What well, so. that, that's why he's suing him because yeah. I don't even know what no. what. So we we dodge a bullet with this guy, right? I mean, like everyone loves Dan Marley, but I'm just like it just reminds me of like when I worked at Lowe's and I was passed up for manager op- op- opportunities and I like had no call, no shows the next day and stuff. I was terrible about responding to it. It just reminds me of like Dan Marley, you know, it's just like the sun's passed up over him f- for a coaching position. And now I just feel like it's, they're going crazy. Or he's going kind of crazy now. Right. A little bit or no.
0: Well, I love Dan Marley. I yeah, really everyone do. does. But I feel like he's kind of, this is the second time almost. Right. To your yeah. point where it's kind of like, He's taking his ball and going home, like he doesn't yeah. get picked, uh, you know, to play. So he's taking his ball and going home because, like, with the sun situation, you know, he got passed over for the job. So he took his ball and he and he left. He just left the organization. Yeah. And then this time he gets fired, and now he's taking his ball and suing the organization. Uh, it's interesting because here's the basis essentially of why he's suing GCU. Is he, he's saying that GCU is slandering his name and in an effort essentially to not pay him the remainder of his contract. You know, they're saying, Hey, you know, he was kind of a piece of shit. Uh, therefore we don't have to hold in, hold up our end of the bargain. And he's suing him for that, for the slander part. Here's my question. Where have you ever heard GCU slander Dan Marley? I mean, they still have
1: like his posters up around the campus. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, that's why it blows my mind. Like this is happening. Cause he he put them on the map. I mean, there were you know I didn't really even know they were a college till he joined. Till so, he yeah, actually was the head <laughs> coach there. Um, so it's like, what is really going on there? Because I haven't seen anything. Like I've never heard anybody talk bad about anybody until this came out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I know that I'm not really in touch with the pulse of Grand Canyon University, so I can't tell you the inner workings and outer workings of you know their communiques and things of that nature. Yeah. But I feel like if he was suing them for this reason there'd be things instantly that you could point to that say oh here it is oh here's an article oh here's you know them t-, or at least somebody like sh- taking a picture of them taking down his his uh face yeah. off of a post or something which isn't slanderous it's just like what you do after you fire that coach but so they're like there's nothing out there so i just they, i was really shocked when i heard this and again yeah. This is one of those things where we get those questions from time to time. It's like, "Well, hey, should the Suns bring back Thunder Dan?" No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> let's, yeah. Let's do the Suns because he'll want to run a play, they won't run that play and he'll, you know, he'll take his ball and
1: go home. Yeah. Maybe one of the best things the Suns did in the past 10 years is just maybe not having him uh, you know, as our head coach. Maybe, I don't know. They they obviously saw something in him that, you know, has come has kind of come out the last few years, so
0: yeah. Very interesting on that one. So real quick, before we get into our other stories, let's take a break. All right. Welcome back. That was a nice water break, right? Yeah.
1: I feel <laughs> hydrated now.
0: Yes. Nice and hydrated. Cause we're going to go play some golf here in a little bit and we got to stay yeah, hydrated. I'm
1: hung over. So I gotta
0: stay. Oh, oh man, yeah. you're going you're to have a fun time in that golf course, huh? Yes, I am. All right. We'll tell everybody your score. If next I pass week. out, just leave me there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I said, we'll tell everybody your score next week. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, so next up, uh, Gina Mazell from The Athletic actually had a QA and a this week, a live Q&A. So I got a question in there, and I said, you know, thank you for doing this, and we continually get this question on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Should the Suns draft a point guard, power forward, <laughs> or trade the pick? I mean, oh how, many, how many times have we gotten that question?
1: <laughs> yeah, and how many answers have I had? I think I've had, like, one very solid answer, but then I changed it up a little bit just so you know. It's always trade the pick, but... Anyways, yeah. go ahead. Sorry.
0: <laughs> so Gina's response essentially said uh, if they luck out and land a top five pick, they could snag Obi Toppin. He's obviously very intriguing next to him. Yeah. If they fall out where they should, about the 10th pick, then Tyrese Halliburton could be available. Uh, about a month ago, she ran some tankathon simulations and uh, had somebody do a mock draft, and she gave me kind of the link to that. So essentially what Gina's saying is if they get within the top five, get Obi Toppin which I've said, and if they fall out of the top five and end up at 10 where they should, they should get Tyrese Halliburton. And that's where I
1: say trade the pick. So there you go. That's from Gina Mazzell at The Athletic. What do you think about that? I think it's great. And like we just talked about the salary cap, how next year it's going to be different. So it's like, do you think it'd be smarter just to draft somebody instead of like re-signing like a Frank Kaminsky? Like just drafting someone that maybe can play a role like, like Frank Kaminsky's? I'm not saying they're the same kind of player, I'm just saying, like, you can get somebody to come in to, you know, for cheap because you're drafting them, like, on the top, maybe out of the top 10. So I think it's probably smarter now just to kind of keep the pick and maybe, you know, draft somebody. That's actually signing a really good point.
0: Else. Really yeah. good point. You know, if you draft a rookie, you can pay them less. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, seriously, I mean, with the salary cap the way that it's going to be, and yeah. we don't know what that's going to be because we still don't know anything. Uh, I that might be an actually an interesting avenue to explore and change the Sun's draft strategy and kind of our opinions on it. Because, again, I think anything outside the top three, like you got to trade that pick. If you get the yeah. fifth pick and Obi Toppin's not sitting there, trade that thing and get an asset for it. But at the same time, like, you're not going to have the same kind of money next year. So no. if you can get th- – God, if we can get Obi Toppin, I swear, man. This, I, this happens to me every year, though. Every year, I fall in love with one guy in the draft. There's uh-huh. one guy. Going back like three years ago, it was Lonzo Ball. I loved Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Remember, I'd be like, hey, man, UCLA's playing tonight. Yeah, so, Check it out. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. we would you watch know? those games. Dude. And then,
0: then it was Ja Morant. Yep. You know, and now it's Obi Toppin. And so it means we won't get him. So <laughs>
1: Oh, we're not. Are you kidding me? We're not. There's no the last guy that out. we got that I wanted was Josh Jackson, dude. Oh, gross. I'm trying to think yeah. of the last
0: guy we got that I actually wanted. I wasn't yeah. Thinking, I like, mean the Aiden, the eight year was
1: just so weird. It was kind of like I don't know. It was the worst year to have the number 1 pick and we got Aiden which we I mean I besides Luca I liked Aiden but I don't yes. know. It's just a weird thing. Those
0: were the best two that year. I mean that's without a doubt. Yeah. And the fact that we had a shot at either or I knew that whoever we were going to draft I would love. Now I wanted yeah. Luca, we got Aiden. That's okay. I love Aiden. Uh, you know, yeah. so but again, if we had the, the number 2 pick that year, and we got Luca. Like it just would have. It would have felt nice inside. You know, it like been, the one, yeah, the one year I didn't want the number one pick because I knew it was a U of A guy. So we we're gonna draft him because all the boosters for the Suns are all U of A grads, and they all. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta get DeAndre Ayton in here.
1: Bear down, bear down. Yeah. You're Wildcats. I yeah. I, I mean, we can go into this if you want. I just no, no, <laughs> let's no. just let's just not. No. <laughs> How about we talk about the dumb trade of the week, huh? Woo. I swear, dumb every trade week, of the week. There's
0: always a dumb trade. I got to come up with some sort of like intro to this, like dumb trade of the week. Uh, yeah, I just did it. Dumb trade of the week. Dumb. That was pretty good, right? Nice. I'm gonna snip that audio, and then we'll do that from now on. <laughs> it's all dumb trade of the week. Oh, all I'll, right. I'll throw a little echo <laughs> effect on it. It'll be real nice. Okay. So good. this is from Greg Schwartz of the Bleacher Report, and he proposed one course-changing trade each team. Each team could actually make. Okay, so he's he's bored. I get it. And he's just picking guys and saying, hey, this is a trade that actually could happen. Yeah. So, so he's saying that the Suns received Larry Markkinen in this deal. Here's what they give up to get Laurie Markkinen per this dude. Uh, Ty Jerome, a 2021 first-rounder, top three protected, and Mikael Bridges. No, thank you.
1: No, this, it's funny though. Cause this is like, this is Kelly's part. Like this is supposed to be Kelly Oubre, not Mikkel Bridges. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, where's the, Yeah. No, we wouldn't do it, but I mean, that's what you're going to have to give up to get Laurie Marketing though. I think. And I don't want to give that up. There's, I know. Wait, it's it's just hell, like,
0: I would give up. A- Mikael Bridges in an effort to get Laurie marketing. Yeah, Laurie marketing could
1: score, but he can't play any defense. Yeah, but plus the Bulls like they change up their whole front office. They actually have people in there, I guess, that know what they're doing. We'll so see. they're gonna have to they're gonna have to take somebody back like Mikael Bridges, or maybe they'll even take Ubre. But they're gonna have to take somebody for Laurie, dude.
0: Yeah, well, if we have to give up Kelly Ubre in an effort to get Laurie marketing again, I just I don't want any part of it. You know, I just yeah. I, 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 Don't get me wrong, I like Laurie. He's nice okay yeah the guy can score he can play a little bit of defense he's he's long he's the modern you know forward in the nba but a a couple things one he's another wildcat i mean are we just trying to build the u of a slash kentucky wildcats here
1: the phoenix wildcats just
0: just change our name and two how long do you think this iteration of basketball is going to last like, having Laurie in and having these stretch fours and all these, how long do you think that's actually going to last? Because no, yeah, yeah. it'd be a cyclical, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, you get the more – giving up Mikael Bridges, somebody who's got length, and even Kelly Oubre, somebody who's got length at the three who can defend the line, eventually what's going to start to happen is you're going to start to see that move inward where it's going to be a lot of pump fakes at three and they're just getting the ball inside because they know they can – it's a more high percentage shot. Like, yeah, I I get the math. Okay. If you go three for five from the field, you get six points. If you go two for five from downtown, it's six points. Okay. So if you make one more three, all of a sudden, you know, it it makes sense mathematically to shoot more threes. And I get that, but at some point you have to put percentages into there. And I'm wondering how long it's going to be until the NBA changes where it's going and perhaps that's because I'm watching a lot of old basketball and I see a lot of that inside out game and no one's shooting threes and I don't think that we'll ever go back to no one shooting threes but I think like that's why I love DeAndre Ayton so much I honestly think in like two or three years like he is the ideal center in the NBA because of his athleticism he doesn't need to jack up a bunch of threes but he'll be able to physically dominate people and get those high percentage shots whenever you need them
1: Wow, that, that really came around to something that I've always wanted to talk about. It's just like how people are kind of saying, like, DeAndre needs to shoot threes. It's like, yeah, I guess so. But it's like, if you look at, like, the top 50 players in uh, field goal percentage from three-point land, it's like there's two or three centers in there. You got Carl Anthony Towns, and then uh, some, I don't know, somebody else, uh, Joel, Joel Embiid. Embiid. Yeah, but even then, it's just like... So the thing is with Embiid, when he shoots threes, it's like he'll he'll miss some of people. Are like, oh, why is he doing that? And then when he starts making them he's like oh they need to, he needs to shoot more threes yeah so i think i feel like it's going to kind of complicate what deandre Ayton is already trying to or is already forming like he already has a game he has a freaking efficient game down there so it's just leave him down there and he's a guy i think he's gonna be one of the best passing big men too mm-hmm. so if you can have someone in the center down there like deandre Ayton, like you said athleticism all that like he has everything that we need I, you just be patient on the three thing. I don't think it has to be anything that has to happen this year.
0: And I'm just wondering how long it's going to be until the NBA is demanding that of their fives, you know, like yeah. they, they've got to have, they, everybody's got to shoot threes. The assistant coach has got to shoot threes. Yeah, but just it like,
1: changes. I, like I always say, it changes really quickly. Like you yes. think now, like every big man needs to shoot a three, but then maybe next year they don't because DeAndre Ayton's like averaging 27 points a game from just, you know, going to the line and just being down below the basket. So
0: And what it'll take, it's gonna take a team to make a couple championship runs with that style of play.
1: Because that's, the Warriors all, yeah the Warriors does. changed
0: yeah. the NBA and everybody's like, oh well this is how it's supposed to be now. And all it takes is a team like potentially the Suns in a couple of years where they have DeAndre Ayton just fucking owning fools down low, defensively yeah. and offensively, and everybody be like, oh man, it's a big man's game, you know yeah. and, and kind of exactly. change that perception. So, yeah. Yep. We're just in that era right now. So, speaking of eras, you have ESPN who released their all-time lineups this week. They did the Eastern Conference on one day and then they did the Western Conference the following day. And in doing so, they released their Phoenix Suns all-time starting five. Now, this is obviously something that we've talked about quite often, especially considering where we are in quarantine. And there's nothing else to talk about. So, you know, we've talked about who our top five would be. I know that the Fanning the Flames podcast actually did a draft with four different members uh, to build their own teams. And something that Burns and Gamble are going to do here with, like, Vince Morata mediating and have, like, five or six guys. And they're going to build out full 10-man rosters here in a couple weeks. So that actually be kind of a nice listen. But per ESPN, here are their starting five. Point guard would be Steve Nash. Their shooting guard is Kevin Johnson, small forward Walter Davis, power forward Charles Barkley, and center Amari Stoudemire. Do you agree with this?
1: No. This yeah, me, this not even weird. close. Why is KJ? I just don't understand why KJ's the shooting guard. I'm playing the two. Like just put Walter Davis and honestly, I, I'll put Marion in there.
0: Yeah, and that's right? kind of the consensus from everybody who I've heard from. is, you know, the two is probably the biggest uh debate you know you could go walter yeah. davis you could go devin booker you could do paul westfall i mean there's in a the ton future, of guys yeah.
1: yeah
0: but but you look at uh the playing percentages for kj in his career and it's like 100 percent point guard like the guy doesn't play two guard he's not big enough to play two guard so if this was our all-time lineup we'd be fucked man our two guard would be a six foot one dude <laughs> yeah you know it's like that's yeah. great that steve nash can pass but you know he can't pass it to Kevin Johnson, because he's not a grab-and-go shooter. He's a drive-to-the-basket-and-dish guy. So I think he got this one wrong.
1: (laughs) No, it's totally wrong. I mean, everyone has the starting five correct, where it's just you know Nash, Walter Davis, Marion, Barkley, and then Stat. And in the future, you'll have – I saw this on Twitter, too. You'll have Booker in there for Walter Mm -hmm. Davis, and then hopefully uh, we can have DeAndre Ayton replace Samari Stoudemire as the five. So
0: that's what we're hoping.
1: And one thing ESPN did do – I mean, they did give some props to the depth –
0: of the Phoenix Suns historical lineup because they said, you know, your backups are Jason Kidd, Paul Westfall, Sean Marion. Who do they have at the four? The five was Alvin Adams. I forget who they had at the four, but they said, you know, their backup lineup is sick. Chambers? No, they didn't have Chambers. He wasn't on there? No. Huh. I'm I'm trying to – who was the four? I don't remember. But, again, it was – you know, they gave – the sons of props historically, yeah. it's like, that's nice, but you got the original lineup wrong, Espen.
1: Yeah, I didn't like this one at all. <laughs> it's not good.
0: All right, so another thing that I saw that I thought we'd talk about is start one, bench one, cut one. Yeah. It's Kobe, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Who would you start? Who would you bench? Who would you uh, cut? So you go first on this one. I Well, you start Jordan. Yeah. You bench LeBron and you cut Kobe.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Right? That's the way I go. I, I would start LeBron. I would bench Jordan, and then it's so sad to cut Kobe. Though. Well, I mean, this you have terrible. to cut
0: one. I mean, it's not fun, but no, I think of those dude. three players. I think yeah. that you know Kobe is he's just he's it's like having two Jordans. Yeah, but, but one's not as good.
1: Well, did you see uh, or did you listen to Bill Simmons when he was talking about uh, how he would pick Tim Duncan to? Build a team around yeah. over Kobe, and then he just got slaughtered right after by Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson. Yeah,
0: so yeah, one thing that's uh, been fun. That was awesome. Again, I'm driving around listening to podcasts and music and shit all day, and I really started listening to the All the Smoke podcast, which is fantastic. If you don't listen to that podcast, it's great. It has. I am
1: now. Matt, I am
0: now. Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson, and obviously Matt Barnes played here in Phoenix for a little bit. They interviewed Steve Nash a few a uh, few weeks ago, and he, you know they called him crafty and he said that's just another word for white
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah not to listen to that I didn't even know he was on there
0: yeah it's good it's great I listened to the the T-Mac episode the Penny Hardaway episode and they're just interviewing old players and they you know they talk to them a little bit but they just go through their whole career it's great they go hey when you were in high school tell me about that when you got drafted tell me about draft night they go and then they talk about the player's entire career then they ask them a few you know kind of generic questions you know who's the one player you wish you played with and things of that nature yeah uh but yeah bill simmons said he'd, he'd start dunking over kobe and then they uh they're like no 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 kobe man it's all about kobe and then he's like yeah. well you guys played with them what the fuck do i know
1: uh, exactly but at least he admits it though that's that's just shows like how we see the players and then the players know the players like well, it's exactly. just a different world way different world and that's so. what
0: makes the all all the smoke podcast so fun and engaging to listen to is it's the players talking yeah you know and it's, it's right sitting around in fact in that one episode with steve nash he was talking about how he smokes weed every night to go to bed oh does
1: he yeah didn't know that five kids toking the reef oh nice dude. well i mean that's that's the thing now if you don't do the cbd oil or smoke weed you know you're just you're aching, living life man. you got aches and pains and you can't yeah you terribly. can't sleep yeah
0: <laughs> all right so, so. Before we get to our mailbag, there is one question I got to ask you yeah. because The Last Dance is over. Yeah. We're not doing any more Last Dance discussions here on the Sun's Jam Session podcast. But there is a new two-part mini-docu-series that's coming out on ESPN. Yeah. Same time slot this Sunday. And that's called Lance. It's about Lance Armstrong. Are you going to watch it? Yeah, I'm going to watch
1: it. How it's an interesting story. I just think that um i because he was on joe rogan experience I, I used to listen to that a lot and he he has an interesting story to tell and if it's a lot of like what he talked about and how like everyone was using and he just got really caught and like was the blame for it all I, i'm gonna watch it because i think a lot of that happened where a lot of people were actually abusing steroids and he was just the front of it so
0: i think it's gonna, interesting oh. i mean would you say he's the biggest cheater of all time
1: yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think he was. I think that everyone was using. It's just like the 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 way they put – the stuff they put their body through to do the cycling is pretty insane and intense, and I feel like you have to use something to get through that to actually compete. So, but what do you, what do you think well, he's so, the biggest so, cheater? Well,
0: so let me rephrase that. Do you think he's the most high-profile cheater of all time? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like he's got to sure. be, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, he is. Um, It's just – but I – I, think, I just think everyone does. It's just like the steroid era in baseball. It's like you know everyone was using. It's just like some people got caught. And no, I, can, list.
0: I completely agree. I mean, everybody was doing it. He just happens to be the guy who gets caught. I was just trying to think, like, who's the biggest cheater in history? Is it him? Is it, like, Barry Bonds? Is it Roger Clemens? I don't know. Bonds, the, the, the Bonds 19, has to be. He's up there. Yeah. I think, I, think, I think here's the difference between Lance Armstrong and, like, Barry Bonds because that's who I was coming to too. Again, Barry Bonds, it's not like uh he, he just didn't affect American culture the way that Lance Armstrong did. Like, how many people wore the Live Strong bracelet? Oh, everybody. Fucking, they did. Everybody had that yeah. thing on for Yeah, that like, was a thing. Four years. That was like the <laughs> yeah. thing. Like those, yeah. you know, Liv, live strong yellow bracelets. <laughs> yeah. No one was ever rocking Barry Bonds like earrings, you know, yeah. like cross earrings like he used to wear when he was on the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I do think that it's super interesting that There will be a documentary about quite possibly the most high-profile cheater in history. Uh, What I'm worried about on things like this is if that it potentially could become, you know, like a documercial, something where it's just Lance Armstrong trying to justify the means and portray himself in a manner in which he is acceptable to American society again yeah and I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch it like a fluff piece, you know, even with the 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 last dance and knowing that Jordan had full creative control over that it still it didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like a documercial talking about how great Michael was, although it was it still showed the underbelly of things it It dealt with his dad's death, it dealt with his gambling problems. it dealt with him being an asshole to his teammates. you know it dealt with a lot of these negative things. And were addressed and not so much justified, but addressed. And my fear is with the Lance Armstrong document documercial, that's what we're gonna get is just him kind of saying, Hey,
1: I did this, but here's why, and it's okay now, right, America? Yeah. But the thing is, that's how every documentary is, even like making a murder and all that stuff on Netflix like the ones that show one side of it yeah and you believe it so much it's just like oh like you know people reach out and try to retrial like a lot of like uh, the murder cases that show up on Netflix it's just because they see one side of it and you just believe like someone's innocent so I know what you're saying and I hope it's not that way and I think that really like I'm kind of I've always kind of been on Lance's side of it just because I know he'd lie what did he he said that he lied like 10,000 times or something yeah. like that, which is crazy, but it's just like that's the way it was. Just like in baseball, everyone was lying because they thought they could just get away with it, and then eventually you get caught, and then you admit it, but then it's just like everyone else was doing it. So it's just – it's a big screw screw. but there's nothing else to watch, so I'm going to freaking watch <laughs> it. What else am I going to do? Well, but here's, you know? the
0: other, here's the other side of this, okay? So I, my understanding is the producers of Lance – he didn't have creative control over this one. Oh, good. He was told by the producers that they were going to tell the story that needed to be told. And okay. the what I heard the other day was that Lance was not happy with how he was portrayed in this docu-series. So for that reason, I will watch. Because oh, it's not going to be a docu gonna be Awesome. Yeah. It's gonna be, I'm not going to say it's a crucifixion, but I'm going to say that it's probably going to paint it paint lance in the light that he probably needs to be painted in yeah you know i mean yes everybody was doing it and he got caught but he's also the guy who won title after title after title in the tour de france and lied about it time and time and time again so yeah you know i don't know i don't know i just i'll record uh, it yeah i'm definitely gonna watch it I'll be working, so I won't actually get to see it. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. I don't get to watch the
1: match tomorrow either. I, I really wanted to watch that with. Uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna go over there. Oh, well, yeah. I'm gonna go. I have to go to watch it at someone's house, but it should be pretty interesting, man. I'm excited for it. I'm excited yeah. to watch golf. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I am too. Oh,
0: take a moment and think about what we just said. i thought that would never happen oh hey all right so let's get to the mailbag questions these are coming in from our jamster listeners again you can always reach out to us with your questions simply by emailing sons
1: session at gmail.com so our first one how about you take this one matthew all right so the first question is from vladimir babin these names man these names i love them they're typical jamster names I just want to scratch their little jamster bellies. <laughs> I know. They're so cute, <laughs> cute and furry. Um, all right. So the question is, if you had to pick a current Suns player to shoot a last-second three-pointer with your life on the line, who would it be? A, Aaron Baines? B, Booker? C, Oubre? D, Cam Johnson? Oh. This is easy, right? God. Well, yes and no. Just, I mean, like, you're going to go with Oubre. Of course. And why are you going to go with Ubre? Because he's the clutchest Suns three-point shooter in the history of the NBA. Boom shakalaka. So, I, mean, I, I know I had something cooler than that before. Yeah. Right? That, yeah, <laughs> I forgot what I said. Yeah, you, it was really <laughs> loud and aggressive. But, I mean,
0: the sentiment's the same. It's exactly correct. Uh, I'll start by taking guys off the list. Cam, I wouldn't do just because I don't feel like he has the experience. I feel like in a couple of years, he might be the guy who, yeah, oh, yeah the pipe he is will. on the line and someone's got to hit a buzzer beater, like Cam's the guy. But yeah, uh, Baines, it depends on the week. You know, if he's in one of those hot stretch weeks where he's hitting the threes, potentially, but still, no. Booker, I wouldn't because the guy can't hit anything in the last two seconds. I feel like every – his three-pointer would be falling out of bounds on the baseline, getting yeah, blocked. Eating a hot dog, yeah. E- yeah.
1: The weird, the worst and then, positions,
0: and trying to draw a foul, and then like when yeah. nothing and then looking at him, it's just him looking at the ref like, why don't you call the foul? It's like because you took forever to shoot that shot. Yeah. You're out of bounds, and the buzzer sounded. Like but he
1: that. yeah, he shoots it, and then he runs into the into the tunnel right after. Doesn't yeah. even look to see if it goes in. So. He gone. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's got to be Ubre.
0: Oh, be for Oubre, sure, man. man. So thank you, Vladimir. Here, Fun, question. yeah, I'm
1: just joking. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so this next one is from uh, Straw. Would someone like Alec Burks be a good guard for the Suns next season?
1: What do you think of that? I, you know, we we're looking for the backup two guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I he's almost thirty years old, but it doesn't really matter. But if we need people to come off the bench, bench, we just need the experience, you know, and. A lot of people were thinking about drafting a point guard, getting someone to play behind Ricky Rubio. But it's like we always point out we really need someone to back up uh, Booker and have someone that's a scorer. I know he's not really a three-point shooter. I mean, his percentages are kind of low, but he's definitely a scorer that we can can have coming off the bench. I think it would be a great pickup. I completely
0: agree. And Alec Burks is somebody who, again, he's experienced, so he's coming off the bench. Yeah, uh, He's an unrestricted free agent this upcoming offseason. His salary right now is about $2.3 million. Yeah. And so if he signs a deal, even if he signs a big deal for him, it'd probably be somewhere in the 4 to $7 million range, perhaps. I don't know if that's something that the Suns would be willing to do. Again, as we mentioned with the uh, – cap being deflated, which sucks, by the way, because the Suns were going to have some good cap room next year. We finally get some good fucking cap room. Yes. And the goddamn pandemic deflates it. Frustrates me.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: But Alec Burks is somebody who played in Utah for quite some time. Uh, He ended up in Golden State, I I think, this last offseason, and then he got traded over to Philly. And you you look at some of the Philly boards, because whenever you get a player, there's a couple different places I go. I hit the Reddit boards, and I hit their uh, SB Nation. Uh, boards just to kind of see what the the fans and the writers, uh, you know, the fan writers are saying about him and they like him, you know, I mean, he's, he's not their favorite just because they have so many problems with their starting lineup and the effort given out by their starting lineup. Uh, But they enjoy him because he's a good spell guy. He comes off for 22 minutes a game. That's exactly what we need is we need that guy who can come in and just score with Booker and Rubio not on the court.
1: Yes, we are totally missing that. That would help out so much because I feel like we're really solid in every other area except for like the four, a backup four, or even a starting four. And then mm-hmm. we just need that backup too, and he would be perfect.
0: Yeah, and I think that the Suns time and time again, when those bench players come in, that's when we would have those like 20-point leads on teams, and they get deflated yeah. to like eight. And now Booker's coming back in. Momentum's going against the Suns. and. We end up losing the game some, somehow because <laughs> yeah. that's what we do. And it's because we don't <laughs> what we, we, do. <laughs> we don't have that bridge. And Alec yeah. Burks or another quality veteran two guard is what we need. You know, we need to stop trying to replace Ricky Rubio. If we need to go get somebody in the draft, go get a, a backup four. Yeah. You know, or or draft somebody who can play the backup two. But that's where the area of opportunity is. Because everybody else has got a backup. Hell, they've got four backups at point guard, they've got two backups at center. I mean, let's get Booker some rest, man. Oh, hell yeah, man. You know, again, going back and watching old games and seeing the Phoenix Suns, our own worst enemy is ourselves because we can, we've never had that solid bench. Whenever we have great scores on our team, which we've had time and time again in the history of this franchise, we never have a bench that can just sustain that scoring and get those guys the proper amount of rest. And guess what? If you can't do that in one game, you can't do that in 10 games. You can't do that in an 82-game season. When the playoffs come, you're burnt, you're spent, and we can't have the energy to get us to the finals. So I just want the Suns to make the playoffs. And the one way to do that is sustain scoring so you can beat those other teams that have veteran bench players. Yeah. And I think Alec Burks is a great one. So thank you, Straw, for that one. I think that's a great suggestion. I hope it's somebody that the Suns go out and get you know, looking at the SB Nation page for the Philadelphia 76ers, the Liberty Ballers page. They're they don't what really care name. if they keep them. Yeah, Liberty what Ballers. a great name. Uh, Bright side of the Suns are really good name too. Yeah. If you, if you go through and you look at all the different uh, SB Nation communities, you get some good ones and you get some pretty I want to say okay, they're whack. There's some whack yeah, ones. Yeah, there's some. But when they're good, they're good though. <laughs> I think. <laughs> there's a do you know what the Chicago Bulls is? No, what is it? Blog a bull. Blogable, blog a bull. Oh, blogable. Okay. Yeah, it's just kind of lame. I'm sorry. Oh, I it, thought you were going to say you like that one. No, no. The Boston oh. Celtics is the Celtics blog. I saw that, yeah.
1: I was yeah. like, is that even real?
0: The New York Knicks is Postin and Toaston. I don't know. Raptors Raptors HQ. You know, yeah. you look at like the Kearling, Cleveland Cavaliers, they fear the sword. I'm like, okay. The Charlotte Hornets at the Hive.
1: You know, that's cool. I those like that those,
0: those are some good ones. You know, bright side of the sun's good. Pounding the rock is the San Antonio Spurs. Fuck them. Ooh, <laughs>
1: fuck them. I don't even care what their name is.
0: Yeah. Uh, but that's it for our uh, our mailbag questions. Matthew, do you have anything else to add on the
1: Suns in quarantine week ten <laughs> podcast? I don't. Just watch um, watch golf. that's all that's all but i hope i see i think i say this every time but i hope next time when we talk there's actually some news of them starting something up so i really hope that happens i feel we're getting closer i yeah we keep saying that though so i'm just (laughs) like hopefully next time we have our pod it's just like something great you know something great to talk about that that would be nice but you know again we'll continue to hang out in
0: this holding pattern and see where it takes us uh but in the meantime everybody you know Again, it's Memorial Day weekend. Take those, that time to remember those who have put it all on the line and lost their lives in an effort so we can enjoy our freedoms. Take care of yourself and take care of each other.
1: Yes, and everyone, please stay home and love your family. Amen. Take care.